Here we go, another special edition of Earning Their Stripes on the Fist Stripes podcast channel. It's Eli Sussman here with a prospect-focused show, as usual, presented by Symbol, the stock market for sports. We have another interview coming up, this one with a player, one of the hottest prospects in the Marlins farm system here in 2021, infielder Bryson Brigman. He has spent this year with the AAA Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. On both sides of the ball, just playing exceptionally well and consistent, knocking on the door to the major leagues, which would be his first time coming up after nearly three full years in the Marlins organization. A quick reminder about everything that's going on with our Fish Stripe site and all of our content at the moment. I just put out a trade proposal earlier on Wednesday, sending Adam Duvall to the Chicago White Sox, along with uh, Sandy Leone and pitching prospect Colton Hawk in exchange for former first-round draft pick of the White Sox, Zach Collins, who's a catcher, uh, may not stick at catcher long-term, but I wrote about a 1,000 words about that potential trade proposal, and I really think it makes a lot of sense, especially with this development on Wednesday that Garrett Cooper has finally started his rehab assignment in AAA as well, so very temporarily teammates with Bryson Brigman with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Once Cooper gets back here, uh, potentially by the end of the weekend, all of a sudden you, you have a really weird roster construction and just acknowledging where the Marlins are, uh, recording this fresh off Wednesday's loss, dropping to 31 and 42, nine games back of the National League East lead. It's a similar deficit in the wild card race as well. You need to kind of just get with the reality that they're going to be sellers at the deadline. There's the opportunity to make some creative deals. We'll spend the next month or so on Fish Tripes coming up with a lot of scenarios that could uh, bring them some recognizable names back in return who are also under long-term control. But clearly the priority now has to be about the long-term over 2021 on its own. Uh, We all have our Fish Tripes Live series preview show on Thursday. We have credentialed coverage at the ballpark during this entire upcoming series against the Nationals on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday. We'll have riders at each of those games. We'll have a photographer on Saturday as well uh, as the Marlins return to their City Connect uniforms on Saturday and Sunday's games, if I have that right. But we'll let you know as those games get closer. Still fun times at the major league level. It's just a, a different focus, certainly, than what it had been throughout April and May and for much of June. So coming up, we have our interview with Bryson Brigman. Here at Fish Stripes, we are proudly partnered with Symbol. Nearly halfway through the season, we've been with Symbol, the stock market for sports. Symbol allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Use your knowledge of MLB, NFL, NBA, and just one week away from the debut of college football team trading as well on symbol they have free market analysis they have this fun ticker that runs across the site to let you check in on prices as you go along join more than 2500 early adopters who have already started to invest symbol.app www.simbull.app you go there to create a free account and when you make your first deposit use promo code fish stripes all one word fish stripes for a $10 deposit bonus. The current Sim Marlins share price, $29.47. Visit symbol.app, promo code FISHSTRIPES for a $10 deposit bonus to help build your portfolio. Invest in what you know, invest in sports. 
Here's our interview with 26-year-old infielder of the AAA Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, Bryson Brigman. Enjoy. This is Earning Their Stripes here on the Fist Stripes podcast channel, the show where we dive in on all the prospects in the Marlins organization. I'm Eli Sussman with Ethan Badowski virtually by my side. Let's welcome in another special guest, second time this week, uh, and this time Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp infielder Bryson Brigman, a San Jose, California dude who began his pro career in the Mariners organization acquired by the Marlins on trade deadline day 2018. And so now he's in the midst of a career year at AAA. Uh, Bryson, I remember exactly where I was when that trade went down. I remember exactly what I thought when that trade went down, that the Marlins made a great deal. And here we are like three years later, and you're one level away from the show and like balling out uh, on all levels. So we thank you so much for taking the time for this. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, it's definitely been uh, been a little bit of a journey here uh, with the Marlins and um, obviously, with everything that went on, um, you know, a lot of things were up in the air and um, didn't know how things would go. But um, it's good to be back, good to be playing up here in trips and, um, and just having fun with it and been lucky enough to have some success and just try to keep that wrong. Yeah. What I wanted to get into first, we'll talk about a lot 2021 and what's going right for you this year. But of course, there was that gap year in the middle uh, in 2020 where during, I guess, minor league spring training is when everything kind of shut down very abruptly. And I was following along on Instagram, you and a lot of the other players to see, you know, how you cope with that, how you stay ready in case there was a minor league season, uh, how you continue getting better during that, you know, critical missed time. Uh, for people that don't follow you along that closely, um, could you take people through that experience at the Palm, what you were doing to stay ready, uh, to keep getting better? Um, and how that may have like contributed to what you're doing this year. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, when everything, you know, uh, went down and everything got canceled, I was still wanting to stay around in, uh, in Jupiter, which is where our spring training complex is uh, just in case if I was asked to like the alternate side or uh, I didn't know what, what could happen or I didn't know if we would be back playing in a couple of weeks, you know? Um, so anyway, I found uh, a little net and um, my dad actually sent me out a tee. Um, so I had a super nice little tanner tee and then like kind of so-so-ish net that I would kind of tape up whenever something went wrong. But um, I just go out there and, you know, just try and hit off the tee and do as much as I could every day. Um, just get the work in. It was actually kind of nice being out in the sun, getting a little sweat going. And um, the area that I was at, we actually had kind of like a little backyard. So I actually live in like a little trailer uh, during the season. And um, right outside, we had a little backyard where I could set everything up, have my own little batter's box. And, you know, I could throw and do all that type of stuff, doing the home workouts, trying to find medicine balls or whatever I could find, um, you know, because obviously at the stores, everything was going out of, you know, out of stock, all the weights and all that different type of stuff. But found a couple of jump ropes, found, uh, you know, some weighted desk type things and just you know, did what I could to try and stay ready, keep the legs loose. And uh, just in case I got the call. Um, and then from there, I ended up not getting the call, obviously, to the six man, 60 man or anything. So from there, I went back to California and uh, started training with my brothers. I got two younger brothers. 
um, that both play at Santa Clara University. So it was nice. We were all kind of trying to find our way back into playing shape and everything. And uh, my dad back home was throwing to us every day and doing stuff like that. So I was definitely one of the lucky ones having a place to work out and um, try to take advantage of that as much as I could. Yeah, Bryson, uh, Eli mentioned that you've already been in the system for three years now, and it really does kind of feel like yesterday that you were traded to the Marlins in the Maven trade. So just what do you think from your perspective has been the biggest growth for you since you've gotten to this organization, either personally or on the field? And then just how much did 2020 help with that? Um, it's tough to say exactly what's been like the main the main factor. Um it was really just trying to find a way to continue to keep, keep trying to get better. That was all I really wanted to do. Um, throughout my career, I've kind of seen it as, you know, um, each level I'm going to have to go and try and get better. I'm not really going to be able to skip levels or do that type of stuff. So for me, it was how can I get consistent and how can I um, be a guy who just, you know, just out there and kind of a gamer type player. I just want to go out there and try and try and win. So that was really it for me was, one, how can I find one thing consistently with my hitting that I can do? Um, so I've kind of found that now to where I can, you know, lock in on it and work on that one thing. And then also just being out there and trying to stay confident on uh, in, in all those things that I'm doing as opposed to letting, you know, results tight, start to, oh, if I'm, you know, not doing so well, then I start changing things up or, oh, this type, this type of thing happened. So really just trying to stay consistent, trying to stay with the process, really. Um, and I think that's kind of helped me in the long run just to, you know, kind of weather the storm or the ups and downs and, um, you know, having a good start here has definitely kind of reinforced that and allowed me to, you know, continue to keep working on that. So, yeah, as we're talking with uh, Bryson right now, um, hitting 317 this year, uh, already matched your career high with three home runs uh, as we're only like a third of the way through the AAA season. Um, but that's it was a pretty early test of um, exactly you know, being consistent with the one thing you're doing at the plate, the first few weeks of the season in May, uh, the results weren't exactly there. Uh, I'm, so I'm curious if there was ever like any temptation uh, from you at the start of this season, even though the results look great now, because how you've been doing the last few weeks, um, the way that it opened up um, without getting those results was to that test you a little bit and staying committed to, you know, what you really believe is the best way to approach things in the box. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always minor adjustments that you're going to make, you know, no one's like going to be always perfect hundred percent. Um, but I, you know, I knew going into this year after not playing for a year and a half, um, that was one of the things I was trying to give myself was, Hey, don't, don't worry about the results. You've, you've been sitting on the couch for a year and a half, you know, and, um, you're playing these guys who are, you know, some are big leaguers, you know, up and down. A lot of them are up and down big leaguers. A lot of these guys in the league have been playing at alternate site. They've been playing at league camp. They've been doing all those types of things. And so for me, it's like, hey, man, you're, you're getting thrown into the fire here a little bit. You know, just go out there and try and compete. And, yeah, it didn't really start super, super hot. You know, tough to get into a rhythm when you're not really playing every day or, you know, every fourth day. And then you're kind of coming off the bench when someone gets hurt and all of a sudden you're thrown into the game. And after a year and a half, it can be a little bit tough to really find your footing with that. But uh, now that I've gotten a few more reps and, um, you know, kind of more into the flow and rhythm of it, um, I feel like that's kind of helped me out. So that was the main thing was just giving myself a little bit of credit in the beginning and saying, hey, you know what? Take it easy. Getting played for, you know, a year and a half. Go ahead and, um, you know, not focus focus too much on the results and, and try to keep grinding it out here. And uh, I think that mindset's kind of carried me through so far.
Bryson, you've hit at pretty much every level. I mean, I'm looking at your numbers right now, and they've been really solid across all levels. But this year, you've kind of taken it to a different level, and your power is what's really kind of opened up for you. So is that just been an adjustment? Did you get stronger during 2020? Like, what do you see as the biggest adjustment you made that has tapped into whatever you found this year? Um, definitely during the, the 2020 break and everything, I just really wanted to, to work as hard as I could. I wanted to kind of leave no, no stone unturned type thing. Um, so for me, um, I did end up putting on about, about 10 pounds. I was about 185, came into spring at about 195, 197 ish. Um, but I wanted to just, you know, maximize as much as I could. I knew I was turning 25. So, uh, at that point it was like, Hey, let's go ahead and empty the tank here and see what we can get out of it. And, um, I don't know if there's, you know, still more. I don't know what the perfect ideal weight is for me. I don't know if that's, um, you know, part of the part of the situation. But um, I just try to put myself in game like situations as well. Uh, you know, my dad would we kind of have like a shorter cage. My dad would be in there and he's throwing hooks and, you know, he's trying to like really kind of expose those different things in my swing. And I think that's kind of carried over a little bit. Um, but from the power aspect. I mean, maybe it's putting on a little bit of weight or maybe it's just making, um, you know, good contact. And, you know, the more you you square balls up, you know, the better chance you have for something to fly into the gap or, you know, over the fence. So not really sure 100 percent what it would be um, for, you know, that power aspect. But that's just kind of the things I was keying on and um, definitely putting in the work to, you know, try and get there. So. Yeah. How would you describe the difference in competition level between double A and triple A? Because you got a lot of reps at double A in 2019, 2018 and 2019. Um, as you mentioned, a ton of guys with major league experience now at triple A, uh, like half your teammates have some major league experience and that in the same way with the competition. Um, do you actually feel it's more difficult though? Is it just, is it more difficult or are the guys just older? Yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you could, say maybe it's not more difficult because I'm I'm doing well at the time you know what I'm saying? I'm sure I was sitting like two you know whatever I was really struggling then I would be like oh man this is this is a lot tougher so it's kind of hard to tell um I don't really like to look at space on like oh, okay you know they have this amount of major experience because I'm going up there thinking like oh maybe I should he should get me out or something like that you know so I just try and take each guy as nameless and faceless. I mean, I know their names and I, you know, I know what they have and stuff like that, but I just try and prepare the same way for everybody and just kind of go up there and, you know, compete as best as I can. Um, whether I was in double A or triple A, I'd be trying to do the same thing. So it's tough for me to tell really um, if it's that big of a jump, um, but the guys definitely can execute pitches up here. They're definitely attacking you a certain way. They're not just throwing their best two pitches. Um, they're really kind of schools that you may have in your swing, um, and they take advantage of it. Um, so that's the one thing that's been tough. You get about one, maybe two opportunities per at bat, and you got to try and put that ball in play. Can't miss that fastball. If not, they're really good at kind of chipping at the corners and getting you out with their best pitch type thing. So, um, I'd say that main difference, um, you really have to take advantage of that one to two pitches that you get. Um, or else you're going to be in trouble. I feel like in double A, you might have a couple more because guys will kind of just come at you with their with their stuff. Um, in triple A, you kind of, you know, they want to get to the big leagues. So they're definitely working for their numbers, trying to get corners, trying to do that type of stuff, as opposed to maybe just coming at you with their, um, with their best stuff. So um, it's tough to say, really. But, I mean, it's definitely each level you go up, you know, you're going to find guys who are more consistent and better at what they're trying to do up there. 
He's back at second, the 2-0. Line drive, well hit down the right field line. This tailing towards the corner, and this ball is up and off the wall. Bird around third, he'll come in to score. Brigman flying around second, slams on the brakes with an RBI double. And Jacksonville increases their lead. It's 3-1 here in the eighth inning. Yeah, Bryson, obviously this season in so many ways is different uh, as have you know has been the last year and a half. But this, this minor league setup, the way that things are going with the six days on, one day off, um, you know, the minor league season is already a grind and it's a shorter year this year. But this, what, what, what has the grind been like this year? And do you kind of prefer this setup where you get a built-in off day to every week, no matter how it goes? And then you're playing, you know, one week at home, one week on the road. Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, it is a little bit tough or it feels a little bit long on some of the um, the two series road trips. So like when you have the 12 games, um, but I mean, that's just kind of like any other season, we'd have longer road trips, you know, we'd have 10 days or something like that. So um, I will say I do like having the Monday off. I feel like it kind of gives everybody that extra rest day um, that we wouldn't really get. Um, but it, it's a little different playing the team six times in a row. Um, you start to see some of the same players and they start to attack in different ways mid-series as opposed to like series to series. Um, so that part of it is a little bit um, a little bit different, kind of tough to figure out. But it goes vice versa because, you know, if I see that pitcher multiple times and I see him game one and then I see him again game four, game five, you know, I have that information and um, feel like you can kind of take advantage of that as well. So. Um, from the playing start standpoint, like the strategy standpoint, um, I like it. I think it gives you a chance to really game plan and try and um, see how guys are adjusting to you and then try and adjust back. Um, and then from the physical standpoint, I think it's nice to have the day off, um, just let the body kind of rest and, um, you know, kind of get reset for the next series. We're talking with Bryson Brigman here on the podcast, having a great season with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. I want to switch to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, a, a bunch of different directions we could go here. I mean, the obvious one is that you still the one the one thousand fielding percentage and uh, haven't committed an error all year, even while playing three different positions. And I thought that was really notable. And then I like look back on your career, and you've done this before. You've had like a few of these streaks that uh, go on really long without committing an error. Does that does that ever uh, come into your mind? Do you ever, uh, do, are you aware when you're on one of those kind of streaks? Cause I think you had one in 2017. You probably had one in 2019. That was kind of like this, that goes over a month and a half, two months. Uh, does that ever enter your thinking? Uh, and is there a such thing as like being hot on defense the same way that you are on the plate? Is there ever a time where you feel especially locked in on that side of the ball? Um, kind of tough to tell. I mean, the way that I take, um, or at least how I approach defense is it's really like my chance to help my team because there's times where like, Hey, you may not be doing it all at the plate or, you know, you may be struggling, but that's the nice thing about being position players. You can kind of play both sides of the ball so you can still go out and help your team. So, I mean, I try not to think about that type of stuff. I mean, I'll know if I'm like, you know, on a streak of not doing, you know, not making errors or whatever. And, I don't, you know, I try not to think about it because I feel like you, I don't want to jinx myself or whatever superstition, you know, baseball players will, will put on that. But it's more for me just trying to, you know, go out there and stay locked into the moment and trying to help my pitcher up there. Um, and, you know, everyone's, you know, no one's going to go a thousand for the whole year. Um, maybe, maybe I will. I don't know. But I'm just going to take it, uh, take it day by day and just try to, you know, try and help my team however I can. And, you know, when you do make that error, hey, you know, get it back to the pitcher and let's go get the next one. Just kind of the way I look at it and uh, it's just kind of a product of 
um, you know, just trying to go out there and compete really. Um, yeah, I can't really say, I don't know if it's, oh, I'm hot on defense or if it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's tough to say, but yeah. just trying to go out there and work really. Right. Well, you're making all the routine stuff, but on the other side of the equation, uh, I do a decent job, like pulling highlights from certain games. Uh, is there, is there any one play or a couple that you could think of so far this year, um, that you really impressed yourself, uh, either it was super athletic or just a really heads up play that, um, you think kind of encapsulates who you are as a fielder. The one that stands out to me is I was playing second. I think it was, it might've been the first or second series, um, I think it was at home. Uh, we were playing against Durham. I think it was Dalton Kelly. hit a kind of like a hard ground ball-ish line drive. It was a hard ground ball, kind of like up the middle. Dove up the middle. And I kind of got to it. Like when it hit my glove, I was like, oh, I actually got to it. Like I didn't think I would quite – like it just felt weird not being out there and like sliding for the first time. You know what I mean? Like or actually diving for a ball. And like, you know, routines are routines, but actually diving, you never really know exactly what you're going to get. So – when I felt it like hit the glove, I was like, oh, wow, that was actually, that was actually nice and got up and threw him out. And um, I was like, okay, maybe I can still do this. You know what I mean? Maybe after a year and a half, I can still, you know, come out here and, and compete. Just kind of like a little confidence booster, but I always like making those type of plays um, more for the pitchers, just because I know how hard they're working and how hard it is to get um, hitters out up here. So when I can take one away from a guy or um, try and keep the inning rolling and keep the momentum on our side. Castano into his windup, the pitch. Ground ball hit towards second. Diving stop to his right. Brigman gets up edge of the outfield. Grass throws to first for the out. What a play from Bryson Brigman on a sharp ground ball to his right. All out dive onto the outfield grass, making the throw onto first base. And there's one away in the top of the fifth inning with Durham ahead, two to nothing. And he was playing to pull, had to range far up the middle. Had he been playing where a normal second baseman without the shift on would have been. Might have been a, a bit of an easier play, but he was able to get there full extension and then get to his feet and fire back across his body. Other than that, I'd probably have to think about it for a little bit, but um, yeah, maybe a couple plays that's short, maybe a, a backhand or two or something and uh, right. on a hard take round ball, but yeah, that's kind of what sticks out. So. Well, if you end up making an error in the next like week or so, you know to blame Eli for the jinx on that one. So, yeah, <laughs> but what is what what's the part of your game that you take pride pride in most? Is it is it the defense? Is it the way you've been hitting this year, or is it something else that might go unnoticed? Um, to be honest, I more just take pride in being a, a ball player. It's what I call it. Um, I'm I'm not like. You know, there's nothing wrong with being out there and, and doing your thing. I think everyone should do what what makes them good and what makes them feel confident and, and ready to go. But for me, I'm just trying to go out there and play nine innings hard every time for my team. I'm trying to sprint down the line on ground balls. I'm trying to, mm -hmm. you know, be out there and, and picking up my teammates. You know what I'm saying? Guys have good at-bats. Maybe they get out. I know how it is. You know what I'm saying? Pick them up. Keep it going. Just trying to keep, you know, the communication in the dugout. You know, we're working on the pitcher as a team as opposed to, you know, every guy going up with their at-bat, trying to share information, uh, really just trying to win ball games. That's that's really what I'm I'm trying to do. I know I'm not, you know, a crazy power hitter and going to go hit 20, 25 or anything like that. Uh, for me, it's more about how can I get on base for my teammates and try and make something happen, whether it's, you know, offensively or defensively making a couple plays and, um, you know, just, just trying to be a ball player. That's really how I look at it. So when guys will tell me, like, hey, man, like you're a gamer or something like that, like that's the biggest – a compliment that I can get because um, for me, that's really what I'm out there trying to do. Um, so 
I think every baseball fan, you know, when they, when you say this guy's a ball player, you know, every baseball fan knows exactly what you mean. So we all know what you mean by that, but who's a ball player that you see that you're like, wow, I, I love to be that guy. Like, is there something, somebody grown up, grown up that you watched and you were like, this is the kind of guy I would love to be. Um, growing up kind of, kind of tough to say, I mean, I mean, I really like watching B crop play uh, for the Giants. Crawford. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really, it's really tough for me to say because I was more of big Manny Ramirez, Hanley Ramirez fan, mm-hmm. like <laughs> favorite players, um, which I don't, I mean, I guess they, they're in that t- kind of conversation, but they're a little bit more flashy. Like that, you know, that's who mm-hmm. you see on TV. That's who you see hitting the home runs and stuff like that. So that's who I always really liked watching growing up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. Is to there say. a guy now that you like kind of compare yourself to and you say that that's kind of like my game? Um, that's tough to say. I mean, I'd like to kind of be kind of like a Dustin Pedroia type guy, mm-hmm. guy who's always looking for the next play, you know what I'm saying, can swing it, you know, can kind of be out there and, uh, you know, kind of commanding the infield a little bit, able to, you know, kind of see what's going on before it's going to happen. Like that type of guy who's, you know, just ultra aware, baseball IQ type guy. Um, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm there 100%. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I, you know, but that's someone who, you know, a player that I'd hundred percent respect and to be compared to, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's something to be proud of. So. Yeah. Well, who comes to mind when you describe yourself like that is Miguel Rojas, who um, it's fascinating because I don't know how much time you got to spend with him prior to this year. Um, while he's been obviously with the major league team and at major league spring training and all that, but he passed through uh, Jacksonville for a couple of days on his recent rehab assignment, coming back from that finger injury. I don't know whether it was three days or like four total days that he spent around the team. And maybe he was busy with stuff in the middle. Uh, but I'm curious if you did get to uh, interact with Miggy at all during that rehab stint, anything, any advice that he had or just anything that you were able to observe from him yeah, definitely. No, I could tell you what, what definitely stood out to me um, when he was there. Uh, was, like you said, it was only a couple of days, but uh, just the way he prepares, um, he's always uh, ready to go. He knows who the pitcher is going to be. He knows how he's going to attack him. Um, uh, just an example was, um, I mean, I'm, I'm always curious on guys like that, so I want to know what they're thinking. Um, so I was leading off that day. He was hitting second, uh, and we were both on deck, and I asked him, I said, hey, like, what's your plan here? Like, what's, what's, how are you going to attack this guy? And I forget who the pitcher was, um, but he was kind of like a fastball slider type guy, um, trying to get you away from, you know, away from your body, trying to get you to chase a slider type guy. So he was saying like, Hey, you know, you're looking up, trying to keep your sights kind of like in that inner up and inner type of uh, zone so that like you're staying online here and you're not going and chasing stuff away. And I was like, okay, that's like, that's an interesting way to look at it. Like, I like it. It's good. It's good thought, but the thing was like how quickly he was like, okay, here's what I got. Here's what I'm trying to do. Like he's locked in. He's not just up there. Oh, I'm on a rehab stand. Let me just get a couple reps in and do whatever. He's, he's up there. He's competing like he's in a major league baseball game and he's, and he's game planning and doing all that type of stuff. Um, so that was nice to see uh, just kind of go back and forth with him on, you know, how we were going to attack the pitcher and he would come after, uh, come back down the dugout after the, the inning and be like, Hey, like, how'd that work for you? What are you thinking? What'd you see that type of stuff? So He's definitely trying to, no matter where he's at, he's going to try and uh, do his best and he's going to try and help the team compete. So I agree with you 100%. Uh, that's definitely the type of player I would want to be. And then also um, another instance was when we were on defense, I was playing third base that night and he was playing short, obviously. And um, he 
uh, you know, he would just kind of, because I haven't played a whole lot of third, um, and he would just kind of, it's almost like you have a feeling of, like, you're more comfortable when you're out there, when Miggy's out there, because you know he's going to get everybody in the right spot. You know that he's um, he's looking for, um, you know, what the pitcher is trying to attack or how the pitcher is trying to attack the hitter. He understands what the hitter, you know, is kind of going to do. So it's almost like kind of that LeBron James vision of like, okay, I see this, I see that. Let me pull this guy over. You know what I'm saying? That type of guy over. So it was really cool to see that. And um, that's, that's who I would want to be um, in the future. Somebody who's, you know, able to kind of like, okay, I see this, this is how we're attacking them. Hey, come over a couple steps. Hey, this here without being the guy that's like, you know, Oh, look at me and let me, you know what I'm saying? That, but he does it in a way where it makes everybody like kind of be like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? And he's garnered that respect over, you know, years and years of playing, in the MLB, but uh, just his presence in general um, is uh, something that you definitely would want to strive for as a baseball player. 100%. Well, Bryson, I think a lot of the a question, a lot of the people want answered. answer. I'm just going to be, you know, straight up about it is how hard is it? You're so close. You're on the doorstep. You're playing as well as anybody at this level right now. Um, and, you know, the Marlins have had some, had some injuries. So how hard is it to stay patient uh, when you know how well you're playing and you see that there's an opening for you and, and, you know, it, you're not there yet, but you're getting there. You, your chance is coming. So how hard is it to stay patient and stay focused on what you have to do at AAA? Um, to be honest, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, I mean, you, obviously when you're doing well and the things that are going on, you know, you hear stuff. Um, but for me, it's not really that hard just because, uh, I came into this year just really wanting to get back into it and, and want to get better every day. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of taken that same mindset. So although, you know, I am doing well and everything, um, I've never really looked at it and been like, okay, yeah, you earned, you deserve to be um, up there. That's not really how I look at it. Uh, for me, I'm just trying to get better. Um, and everyone's going to go through stints of ups and downs. And how consistent can I be when I get into a funk? When I get into a little funk, how quick can I bounce back and get back up there and competing at a way where I can help my team every day? Um, so while I feel I'm close, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely still working to earn it every day. I'm not walking in there thinking, oh man, I should be, you know, I should be in Miami. Why am I here? That's, that's not at all, uh, been my mindset. Um, because you know, it's only been, it's only been a month and a half, two months, you know, at the end of the day. So, um, I'm just going to keep doing what I do, keep trying to get better. Like I said, um, and I'm kind of just big on controlling what I can control and, and, and rolling with that, um, the day that's really all you can do. You know, you talked about how you're just focused on getting better, having fun, that kind of thing. Do you feel like, because with me, the pandemic in the middle of it, I'm like, I'll never take going to a Marlin game for granted, going to this for granted again. So you feel like you're having more fun than ever after taking that year off and having what you love taken from you. And now you're getting back out there and doing it again. Do you have a greater appreciation and enjoyment for the game than you've had before? Yeah, that was a perfect example. We were in Charlotte just uh, last week, and uh, we were kind of going through the middle of a rough inning, a pitching change and stuff, and we're kind of talking with some of the infielders and just looking around. It was me, Twine, uh, Connor Justice, and uh, who was first? I forget who was playing first. Uh, I think it might have been Chinea. But we were all just kind of like, you know, just thinking about it. And it was looking around, you see the full sold-out crowd in Charlotte and everything, and I was like, can you imagine like a couple months ago we were sitting on the couch wondering if we were ever going to even get a shot if we we're going to get released like place thing so um i agree with you like just being out here definitely don't take it for granted it's one of those things where 
um, you know, definitely, definitely blessed to be here, definitely lucky to be here and just trying to take advantage of everything. So definitely gives you a different perspective when, you know, you didn't get all those opportunities and then you come back here and, you know, you're taking every app that seriously, you're not trying to give anything away, you know, and at the same time, you're still having fun because you know that, you know, this is an opportunity that not a lot of people got and a lot of people got released and our children trying to find their way back. So um, it's all gratefulness really for me and um, to be here is just, you know, trying to take an advantage. The, the fans don't get to make the decisions on this, but I could tell you, Bryson, that a lot of them are kind of clamoring for you to get that opportunity. They see the way you're hitting. They see the way the major league team is hitting and they they see the versatility that you're showing this year. You mentioned playing third base. I mean, that's kind of been one of the voids with this team recently, in addition to second base and shortstop. Um, we're going to let you go on that. Uh, Bryson Brigman currently with AAA Jacksonville, but maybe it's a different story by the time this podcast is up. It, you're getting close, man, and people are noticing it. Um, and just keep it up because it's been exciting to follow this. So we thank you for the time and uh, good luck tonight. Uh, continue taking every game as seriously as you have been and uh, good things will happen. Yeah, good luck to you, Bryson. Hope to see you up in Miami soon for sure. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for taking the time. Um, hopefully talk to you guys soon.